it's up here because you never know what's going to happen today. Um, Shabbat Shalom. Um, if you're the kind of person who likes to follow along in your own Bible, you can stay open to Acts 13 because we're going to go a little further in a minute. Um, okay. Um, my goal is actually just to, to try not to say too much. Um, I want to let the scripture speak for itself because we have a pretty incredible passage today. Um, I had the kind of week where I really needed to see how magnificent Yeshua is. The good thing is that he doesn't really ever let us down when we need that. Um, so for the, in the Torah portion, just I had a couple things I wanted to say about that. And then I want to talk about this Acts passage because it's amazing. Um, so some of you might remember over a little over a year ago, I gave a darash and I basically said I could have given that darash in five words. And I said, it was, if you rebel, you die. I could have done that again. Cause we had the story of the rebellious son. And if you remember, they take him out and he is stoned and he's killed. So there's lots of passages in scripture. So just that, I, that comes to mind to me a lot. So maybe somebody else needs to remember that too. And then we also had, the, the passages about a guilty man being hung on a tree and then having to be taken down and buried the same day. And then also the, uh, later on, um, the verse about the being guilty and being able to receive up to 40 lashes. And though you should connect those scriptures to Yeshua, Yeshua wasn't guilty, but he took the punishment for the highest punishment for the most guilt. Uh, so just kind of let that let that remind you what he did for you and for me and just be thankful for that. So in Acts, the reason I don't want to say too much about this is because you, you, you just heard a Darash. Um, this passage in Acts 13 is Paul's Darash, um, to the, um, the synagogues. So, the amazing thing about this to me is that this, this passage is the perfect summary of the continuity of scripture and how Yeshua is the legitimate Messiah. So if nothing else, if you, if you hear nothing else, go back and read that passage again and think about it that way and think about how this is the story, the grand story, the grand magnificent story of God and his Messiah. Use it as an outline to study scripture there's parts in it that the history that comes out and you don't know that as much, go back and study those, read the stories because this is God's story, but it's your story too. So, um, a couple of parts of this, and then I want to, I want to read a few more verses. Um, in, uh, I, I kind of started to chuckle over this a little bit in verse in thir- 13, 18, he says that, um, that God put up with, with Israel in the wilderness. Some translations say he took care of them, um, but both are true. But to put up with them makes me think about everything that he did for them in the wilderness. He provided food for them every day. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. They had the presence of God in the cloud of the, the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. They had visible 
proof of the presence of God. And they complained a lot. Um, And I asked him about how they could complain when they had this visible presence of God with them. I've asked this question before, and I've not really gotten an answer, but I got an answer this time. And what he said to me was, when I asked about how they could complain with the visible presence, he said, I've given you my presence with the Holy Spirit, so why do you complain? So I received an answer and a healthy dose of conviction all in one, in one moment. Um, so, yeah. The other thing that stuck out to me was um, in verse 41, which is quoting the prophets. It says, look, you scoffers, be amazed and banish away, for I am doing work in your days, a work you will never believe, even if someone tells it to you in detail. And this breaks my heart because people can really hear the truth and they can hear it correctly. They can hear the whole story. They can see the proof of it and they can still not believe. So what this needs to do for us is this needs to drive our intercession. We need to pray for them, ask that God would soften their hearts, but we also need to follow Paul's example because What he does next is what we're supposed to do. So I'm going to read, I'm going to continue in Acts 13, um, reading verse, starting at verse 44. The following Shabbat, almost the entire city came together to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jewish leaders saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and tried to contradict what Paul was saying by reviling him. Both Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and said, It was necessary for the word of God to be spoken to you first. Since you reject it and judge yourselves unfit for eternal life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light to the nations so that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were thrilled and glorified at the word of the Lord. And as many as had been inscribed for eternal life believed. Now the word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and they drove them out of their district. But Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet against them, and they went on to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with the joy and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. So what Paul does is he he turns to those who are ready. He brings the word to the Jewish people. Some do believe, but then he sees this whole other group of people that's ready to believe and ready to come into the community. So to take just a step back from the, in the big picture here, let me, let me just remind us where we are in the story of Acts. Paul, um, Tom gave a message last week about Acts 10 and the beginning of the Gentile ecclesia, the ecclesia, the community of believers. So remember that that was kind of the beginning. That was this revelation that, that, that Gentiles can receive this word and can receive the Holy Spirit, can receive, um, can receive Yeshua and can be part of this community. So now we see that the Gentiles are excited and they're ready to do this. Um, and, and in the next couple of chapters, we come up to um, Acts 15, the famous Jerusalem Council, what question of what do we do with all of these Gentiles believe? What are their requirements? So that's where we are in the story. Like there's this massive shift happening and they're just trying to figure out what to do with it. And they're listening to the Holy Spirit to do that. 
So this is what's incredible to me. So Paul gives us Darash in the synagogue and lays out Jewish history and the Jewish Messiah and Jewish people believed. And the same story and the same history and the same Messiah drew the Gentiles and many of them believed and were drew welcomed into the same community. So we talk about this a lot and I, and I know you probably, you probably start to kind of your mind drifts when you hear this, but this is the point that we do it together. It's the same story. It's the same Messiah. And we're part of the same community, even though we have different backgrounds. So this is the magnificent story that we're a part of. Don't forget to stop and let it wash over you and astound you because it's amazing and it covers generations. Um, so just to end, I don't, I don't entirely know how this connects other than the Lord has just not let it leave my mind for the last couple of days. Um, I have a couple of, hopefully you do too, a couple of passages that are kind of my comfort passages. I kind of tend to, when life gets crazy, I kind of tend to fall back on them. And Psalm 62 is one of those. It's been that way. That's actually been one of those for me for, I realized 10 years. Um, so I just kind of want to read the, the first part of this Psalm over you guys as, um, an exhortation and a blessing. Um, and it talks about salvation coming from, coming from, from God and, and just, um, remember that Yeshua means salvation. So you can think about, think about that as when you hear that word. My soul wait in stillness only for God, for him, from him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will never be moved. How long will all of you assault a man and crush him like a leaning wall, a fence to be torn down? They only plot to topple him from his rank, delighting in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. My soul, wait in stillness only for God, for from him comes my expectation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my strong tower. I will not be moved. On God, my salvation and my glory is the rock of my strength. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart in his presence. God is our refuge. Amen.